My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. Farmer Bo over in Quitman County, he's been lonely these past few years, ever since he lost his beloved wife, Eloise. And I do mean he actually lost her. She went out in 2017 to check on the sprinklers in the alfalfa field and never came back. The man looked high and low for his better half, but she never did turn up. Now, somebody did claim to have seen her working the drive through window at a Wendy's in Johnson City, Tennessee, but that's probably apocryphal, like those Elvis sightings. Anyway, his subsequent moping cast a pall over our monthly agrarians conference. That's a meeting wherein he, Farmer Dave, Farmer Red, Farmer Lem, and I gather at one of our houses on a rotating basis to discuss vital agricultural issues. Well, at least that's the intention, although in truth it usually just ends up seeing whose moonshine has the strongest kick. So Bo, he'd sit there consuming far too much homemade and bemoaning his state. He'd say, she disappeared in the alfalfa field. Now I can't look at a cover crop without breaking into tears. Even the Our Gang comedies cause me consternation when Spanky's buddy Alfalfa starts to sing off-key. Now, we're all good Christians, we five farmers, and are not without empathy. But Bo's dark cloud had finally so aggravated us that at one meeting, Lem spoke up and said, Unless you find yourself another lady in Pronto, you're no longer welcome at our gatherings. And just how should I go about that, says Bo. I'm just a broken down old man of the plow. Shall I haunt the honky-tonk seeking loose women of sinful carnality? Whatever works, says Red, whom all of us have wondered about from time to time. Of course, I rejected that idea out of hand. I says, no, no, there must be an alternative, a way in which a man such as yourself, who so diligently sows and reaps, can meet a gal of good moral character, someone to prepare the afternoon and evening repast and keep the house tidy for her man at the plow. And provide comfort in your dotage, says Lem. Don't forget that, because you're fast approaching, I imagine. Well, if those are the criteria, says Red, then let's find our friend a route to connubial bliss. We consequently put our heads together, coming up with several suggestions. Church, says I, would be a fine place to meet an upright lady. I don't know, says Bo. There's only one single female in my congregation, and I believe she has Campbellite tendencies. Then that's out, says Dave. How about one of those square dancing classes over at the Zare Community Center? "'Tis a joyful activity conducive to romance." "'Nah,' says Bo, "'the square dance reeks of hedonism, "'and what with linked arms and wild capering, I, "'I can't imagine meeting a nice gal under such circumstances. "'Another good point,' says I. "'So we batted around some other ideas, "'but Bo deemed none of them appropriate, "'and we ended up the meeting with no resolution. "'A few days later, however, "'I received a phone call from Lem.' I have found the answer to Bo's prayers, says he. Come on over tonight at seven. We're going to find him a gal, and that's for sure. 
Thus I arrived at Lem's Spread, 500 acres outside Lambert, at the appointed time, curious as to what stratagem had inspired such hope. The rest of the group, including Bo, of course, had gathered as well. Lem invited us into the kitchen, where his laptop computer was set up on the linoleum table. Take a look, says he, showing us the screen, and we all of us beheld the image of a couple gazing deep into each other's eyes with the words, Farmers Only, splayed on the upper right hand, upper left hand corner. It's a dating website for farmers, says Lem, and just look at the success stories. With that, he showed us pages of testimonials from satisfied customers who discovered true love via these modern day matchmakers. I love my new life in Montana, crowed one lady, while another said, I never knew band castrating a bull calf could be so much fun. If you can't find a paramour here, says Lem, then you are truly hopeless. Well, Bo was skeptical. Wouldn't you expect, says he, that she who freely advertises for companionship might herself be a wanton? With luck, says Red, whose character, I reiterate, does sometimes give us pause. The beauty of this, says Farmer Lem, is that you can winnow out the licentious. Then you'll be left only with virtuous ladies of good standing. Well, despite his uncertainty, Bo, in his loneliness, consented to give this a try. So, with Lem sitting at the computer, Bo's particulars were tapped into the little boxes on the screen. It asks here if you're looking for a man or a woman, says Lem. So which is it? A woman, smart guy, says Bo, as the rest of us chuckled at his discomfiture. Okay, says Lem, I just didn't want to assume nothing. Now, then, what age are you looking for? Breathing, says Red. Look, you're 61, says Lem, so let's find an age commensurate with your own life experience. How about 40 to 50, says Dave. All right, says Lem. That okay with you, Bo? It's kind of robbing the cradle, I guess, but anything's possible. Then it came time to check off what kind of relationship Bo had in mind. Which is it, asked Lem. Friendship? Casual dating? Long term? I can't rightly say, says Bo. Check casual, says Red. You don't want to get tied down. He doesn't want his heart broken either, says I. And what if he wants to get serious and she doesn't? Say long term, so you know she's up for true entanglement. Spiritually, I mean. Might scare her off, says Dave. Lay his cards on the table, says Lem. Well, we went round and round like this, but long term at last won out, so that was what was checked. The next two choices were easy. Smoking? No. Drinking? No. Then came desired body type. Says here you can have skinny, average, athletic, a bit heavy set, and real heavy set, says Lem. What's your preference? You might be tempted to say athletic, says Dave, but I'd shy away from that. I mean, you don't want her lifting weights and running cross country when she should be caring for the home. And she might even forsake cooking and cleaning to be one of those, what you call, American ninja warriors. Wouldn't that be tragic? You had a good point, did Farmer Dave, so after a vote among the five of us, we settled on average build to ask for something otherwise we figured would just seem presumptuous. So then we got to choice of religion, and out of the blue, Bo says, just click Jewish. Say what, says Lem? I don't really want a Jewish lady, says Bo. I'm just curious, I'm just kind of curious how many Hebrew farm girls there are around here, long as we're asking. I'm clicking Baptist, says Lem. Take your survey another time. 
Finally, having planted the seeds of specification, we reap the harvest, a passel of eligible middle-aged ladies, and we hoped that among them was an angel who might just brighten our friend's lonely hours. Trouble was, Bo was still overwhelmed with the memory of Eloise. How about this one, says Lem? She's mighty handsome. I couldn't, says Bo. Her hair reminds me of my wife. But she's got straight blonde hair, says Lem, and Eloise had black curly hair. Still, says Bo, choking up, she's got hair, and that reminds me. So you want a woman without hair, says Lem. I don't know, came the reply. Just, just go on to the next one. What about this lady, says Lem. According to her profile, she grew up on a ranch and is looking for a fella who has clean habits and a good work ethic. Eloise liked clean habits too, says Bo, and now tears were forming in his eyes. Every night she'd stick a Q-tip in my ear to remove the wax. Might be why she disappeared, says Dave under his breath. All right then, says Lem. What do you think of this gal, Rosemary Crenshaw? Says she's a widow with three grown children, that she's devout, and that she's looking to start a life anew in a rural setting. Not bad to look at either. I mean, no Tanya Roberts, circa 1980, but pretty enough for the likes of you, you old hobgoblin. What's that there, says Bo? What's that word she's so partial to? She wrote she loves kayaking, says Lem. Bo looked bum-fuzzled, so... Lem explained, it means she likes paddling around in one of those things. It's, it's like a canoe, but it's got a hole in the top. It's, it's a very popular activity. Well, I don't care how popular it is, says Bo. I'm not sitting in such a contraption. And if she does, she must be eccentric. Maybe dangerously so. Well, now you're just being contrary, says Lem. In fact, if you were to ask me, I'd say you had cold feet. I'm simply exercising due caution, says Bo. If you're not careful, says Dave, you're going to exercise yourself right out of companionship. And the rest of us nodded in agreement. Well, says Bo, if you're so all-fired sure I should respond to this lady with the weird aquatic lifestyle, tell her I'm interested. But just for dinner. No, wait, make it lunch. I don't want to be out after sunset with this person. I might end up stuffed in a trunk or something. You know what, says Lem? I should start up a site called Insane Farmers Only. You could be my first customer. Well, anyway, this Rosemary, upon learning that she had sparked somebody's interest, sent back a note of introduction. She said she was an Arkansas gal working in Hot Springs as a what you call sales associate at the Ross Dress for Less. And she explained, and, and now this was interesting, that nobody in her family had ever made a living off the land, not her daddy or her granddaddy, but that she, doggone it, she longed for the challenge. Lem looked at Bo and asked, what do you want to say back? Bo was at a loss, so I said, ask her if she can cook and clean, otherwise this whole conversation might be moot. But Lem and Dave insisted that, no, Bo should say something charming. Oh, sure, says Red, and while we're at it, why don't you just ask a possum to quote Shakespeare? He had a point, because in all the years I've known him, I can't remember Bo displaying any charm at all. He's just not that kind of person. In fact, I have no idea how he caught his wife Eloise. She may have just thrown up her hands one day and, and vowed to take the first man who came along. That might have been the case. Anyway, now that he was being called upon, now he was being called upon for something that was, as they say, not in his wheelhouse. Nonetheless, Lem persisted. What do you like about her picture? He asked. Um, says Bo. I like that she ain't got squinty eyes. 
I don't like them when they're all squinty. So Lem says, you have beautiful eyes. Types that in. What else, says he? Well, says Boa, I guess her nose ain't too pointy. I think it's okay that her nose is like that. Which Lem translated as, your nose has the gentle slope of an Aphrodite. And I suppose, says Bo, it's okay that her skin ain't blotchy or nothing. Your face, wrote Lem, is as smooth as alabaster. Then he sent that message to the lady and we waited. One minute, three minutes, five minutes. Hope we didn't scare her off with all that love talk, says Dave. Don't feel bad, says I, putting a hand on Bo's shoulder. She probably couldn't cook anyway. But then, after fully ten minutes had passed, a note from Rosemary popped up. Flatterer, says she. Why don't we meet for lunch? See, says Lem, she suggested lunch too. An excellent sign that she won't, as you feared, be hitting you over the head and locking you in her trunk. A fair sign, says Bo. A fair sign. Now, Hot Springs is more than three hours from Trouveau, so Bo and the lady, well, they decided to meet halfway that Saturday at Ten Ton Tiny's Barbecue near Kievel. It's wet barbecue, says Bo that morning as we helped him with his tie. I hope she likes wet barbecue. I, I don't think I could ever be with a woman who likes dry barbecue. We'd all agreed, reluctantly, to accompany him to the rendezvous. I can't do this alone, he says. I'm too nervous. So we said we'd follow in Lem's Pontiac and sit at a separate table, not letting on that we were with him, but there for moral support nonetheless. They were set to meet at noon, and we took our seats in a booth at 5-2, right behind the one where Bo settled in to wait. At precisely 12 o'clock, there came Rosemary through the door, scoring points with one and all for punctuality. Bo stood up as she entered, a brown-haired miss with bright eyes and a ready smile, not to mention that not-too-pointy nose. Bo, says she, after he'd gotten to his feet. It's me, he replied, and, and you're Rosemary? Why, yes, says she, extending a hand. So pleased to meet you. They shook like boxers touching gloves at the start of a match, for it's like such a contest first states are, circling your opponent and getting a feel for them before the real action starts. And that's just what they did with their mutual interrogations. How long have you been a farmer? All my life. How long have you been in Hot Springs? Fifteen years. Do you like it? I don't know anything else. Do you like it? I'm looking for a change. That's why I signed up on the computer. And how do you feel about earwax? Pardon? Never mind. Their pork sandwiches came, and Bo was pleased to see that Rosemary seemed to like wet barbecue. Tangy, says he. Delicious, says she. Now, ma'am, says Bo, I must ask you this question, and forgive me if I am too forward. Rosemary sat up straighter than before, sensing an important query. Why is it that you crave the farm life, having never experienced it before? Oh, that's easy, says the gal. I want the romance of a hard existence. A what, says Bo? A hard scrabble existence, says she. It all looks so heroic battling the deadly frosts that could devastate our crops and leave us destitute, hoisting sandbags with our neighbors to stave off the floodwaters as the rain pours down and the river rises, crawling through chest-high snowdrifts to the nearest house to fetch life-saving medicine, even as my man's fever spikes and I, might, I fear I might lose him, 
not to mention lighting fires against millions of locusts before they devour our precious corn. It's a brutal life, my farm husband will say. You should have stayed at dress for less. And I'll reply, no, this is where I was meant to be, standing with you against the forces of nature, facing it all, good fortune and bad, with stoic resolve as an agrarian culture demands. Bo took this in and, and was silent for a moment, and believe me, the rest of us didn't say a word either. And finally, Bo gives out a, huh, and, and replies, Tell you the truth, I've been at the plow since before I could walk, and, well, I can't say that any of those things ever happened to me. Really, says Rosemary? Really, says Bo. I mean, I always plan after the frost, and I've never had a flood. Of course, I don't live near a river, so that's probably why. Plus, as you know, we don't typically get blizzards in this part of the country. It's pretty temperate come winter time. Besides, I normally just get my medicines from the pharmacy, not from a neighbor's house. I don't think legally somebody can just hand over their own pills, but, but I could be wrong. What about locusts, says the lady. I don't believe I've ever seen a single one, says Bo. Rosemary appeared crestfallen at the news, so he added, But we did have an army worm infestation about ten years back. Use some azadrin, and that cleared things right up. The gal frowned and said, I guess I had the wrong impression. False reverie, if you will. Been a wife and mother all my life, and now I sell dresses and slacks. I was looking for a little adventure is all, and I thought a farm would provide it. See, I, I just wanted to be the hero of my own story. Foolish of me, wasn't it? Just plain foolish. Now, it was clear to us, listening in the next booth, that Bo was dangerously close to losing his chance with this woman, but thank the Lord that yours truly, Farmer Gray, is never at a loss for words, at least when it comes to the agrarian lifestyle. So I turned round in my seat and I says, I says, excuse me, ma'am, I'm just a bystander here. Don't know either of you from Adam. A little white lie, of course, but I thought it best not to divulge that four grown men were chaperoning their pal on a date. Anyway, I said, don't know either of you from Adam, but if there's one thing I do know, it's the farm life. I've got a 400-acre spread myself, and if I may say, it's a daily adventure worthy of any yarn on the silver screen. Sowing and reaping with the seasons, nourishing the earth so it can nourish us back, becoming intimate with the cycles of sorghum, soybeans, and sweet potatoes, knowing that you've staked your livelihood on the miracle of gestation and growth. I can't think of a more exciting existence, so, so ma'am, if I were you, I'd let this gentleman come a-courtin', even if he can't offer you a life of hardship and abject poverty. With that, Rosemary slowly reached out a hand and placed it gently on Beau's arm. If that's what's in store, says she, then yes, by all means, let's see each other again. At which point I took the opportunity to ask, you can cook, can't you? I never did get a straight answer to that, but it seemed not to be foremost on Bo's mind, so take that as you will. I just know that they've been meeting weekly at Tiny's, and the next Saturday they're planning to go kayaking. Yes, sir. Play me out, Zeke. <laughs>